Hello and welcome to Rock and Roll Politics, the weekly podcast with me, Steve Richards. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is a shorter podcast this week because on Monday, July the 6th, it's the live virtual show via the King's Place website at 7pm and you can get your tickets anytime up until about half an hour before we all go live for uh, the show. And I thought I'd tell you a bit about what's going to be in it. Uh, I tweeted after uh, Dominic Cummings and Michael Gove and Boris Johnson, uh, the triumvirate that rules Britain, probably in that order of seniority, uh, when they um, uh, sacked uh, Mark Sedwell uh, and appointed David Frost as their chief security advisor, the guy, their friend, who is negotiating triumphantly uh, the Brexit trade talks. Um, I tweeted that Dominic Cummings must be the most powerful prime ministerial special advisor uh, in history. I could think of no equivalent in this period of politics where prime ministers had a close special advisor. And quite a few people tweeted back saying, well, hold on a second, what about Alistair Campbell with Tony Blair? And it's a fair point, uh, but actually, in my view, Alistair Campbell, for reasons which I'm going to be exploring in this uh, live show on Monday, July the 6th, was nowhere near as powerful as Cummings in ways that are quite measurable, actually. And then I thought, uh, well, there is one equivalent to Cummings who wielded immense influence and measurable power in number 10. Uh, and, And that got me thinking again about this relationship. By the way, to find out who I think that is, tune in to the live show. Um, That got me thinking about the whole relationship between prime ministers and their favourite special advisor in number 10. It is such an illuminating relationship because the figure the prime minister chooses for this role and chooses to become or to uh, see this appointee as their favourite is the kind of key appointment that they make themselves. Most of the cabinet, they appoint with very limited space available. For example, it was obvious who was going to be Tony Blair's chancellor. It was pretty obvious who was going to be Theresa May's chancellor, even though the two of them didn't get on particularly well. There was a very limited number of people who would be Boris Johnson's chancellor. But this special advisor is the choice of the Prime Minister. He or she does not come from the limited pool of the parliamentary party. He or she can come from anywhere at all. The Prime Minister looks around and makes a choice. And therefore, it tells us a lot about the Prime Minister involved and, of course, about the chosen special advisor. And there are so many interesting parallels in each case in this relationship. Pretty soon people despair about the choice of the special advisor and start asking what is it that the special advisor has got over the prime minister. They used to ask that of Marcia Williams, Harold Wilson's favourite special advisor, all the way through his various stormy periods in number 10, as the question is posed now, of uh, Cummings vis-a-vis 
Johnson. Most last a long time, even though parts of the governing party pose that frustrating or frustrated question. What, is that? what have they got over him? Why doesn't he get rid of X or Y? Why doesn't she get rid of X or Y? But quite a few of them endure, some don't, some become symbols of failure. Others just can't hack it when the reality of government hits them and disappear quite quickly. Uh, the Prime Minister in each case is very dependent on this person. There's a classical thing in Alistair Campbell's diaries. The day after he resigned from Number 10, after those long years of service where Tony Blair must have spent more time with Alistair Campbell than with anyone else, including Gordon Brown. Anyway, uh, Campbell's diaries are brilliant. He vividly conjures up uh, the scenes or the behind-the-scenes dramas, obviously from his perspective. Um, but nonetheless, the day after he resigns from number 10, he's there in his house in North London deciding what to do. Should I go for a run? Should I do something? You know, he's still full of energy. And Tony Blair phones him, I think, two or three times on the day uh, afterwards, asking him for advice, also asking him how he was, how he was coping. Alistair, how are you coping without having to work with me? Oh, could you give me, you know, and suddenly he was asking him all kinds of questions. There is this deep dependency. Uh, and the response of the special advisors is very interesting because they are meant to be behind the scenes figures. But political journalists, commentators, presenters are fascinated by behind the scene figures because there is an enigma to them. They don't have to explain themselves in public very often, if at all. And in that enigma, they can create all kinds of mythologies about the special advisor. And at first, if a special advisor, the favoured special advisor, gets attention, um, they, they're uneasy. They think, well, this, is, this shouldn't be us. We're behind the scenes. The attention should be on the elected politicians. But then quite a few of them come to enjoy it, and it goes to their heads. And they become grander figures than they deserve to be as non-elected figures. Uh, and that happened to quite a few of them as well. So there's tons uh, for me to reflect on uh, on this theme uh, in during the live virtual show. And that will be largely the first half on uh, Monday evening. And then the second half, questions, predictions, our unreliable predictions... Uh, last time there was a virtual show, I asked the audience around the country to predict whether Boris Johnson would be Prime Minister by the time of the next election. And by quite a big majority, two to one, the audience predicted that he wouldn't be Prime Minister by the time of the next general election. I'm surprised that wasn't a major news story. Uh, it might be because these predictions are nearly always wrong. Uh, but we'll do a prediction and a Q&A, all kinds of things come up with the Q&A and our discussions. Uh, but the focus will be on this hugely illuminating relationship. 
and the current one between Johnson and Cummings tells us so much about Johnson. And in shedding light on Johnson, uh, we learn, of course, more about Cummings. And the two of them, although in some ways different personalities, in some ways quite similar, dance together. And at times, the special advisor, in this case Cummings, can appear to be, in his indispensability to Johnson, more powerful than the Prime Minister, but wholly dependent on the patronage of the Prime Minister. So that dance, in the end, has only one dancer who can end it, and that's the Prime Minister. Obviously, a special advisor could walk out. That doesn't happen very often. It has happened once in the period I'll be looking at, and that is a fascinating relationship, which again tells us much. Steve Hilton, who was David Cameron's favourite special advisor, didn't last very long in number 10, and is now presenting a programme where he cheers for Donald Trump, uh, and his cheers ardently retweeted by the president, which is um, a form of fame, I guess but not one I suspect that Cameron had in mind when he turned to Hilton to be his favoured special advisor. So that's what we're going to look at, um, and I do hope you'll all be able to tune in. So you have to get a ticket in advance, uh, and then tune in at about 5 to 7, and we'll be starting on the dot at 7. And this podcast will revert to its normal length. And if you want uh, to hear one at normal length, do tune into the one the week before. Politics, on one level, is fast-moving, but observations don't date, really. They remain <laughs> alarmingly constant through the weeks, months, and years. Uh, but anyway, normal length next week, but please, I hope you can tune in to the live virtual show. It's on the King's Place website. Tickets available now. Thank you so much for listening to this. More on Prime Ministers and Special Advisors. Then we can look at Brexit, Sunak's big statement on the economy, which is in deep, deep trouble, and other light-hearted reflections. That's Rock and Roll Politics. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>